Welcome back for part two of Dustin and Amy's story. I'm so excited to continue the conversation with them, and I know that you will be inspired today. Let me ask, um, yeah. do you mind if I jump of in there? Of course. Um, so Dustin, tell me about that moment for you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I had had a crazy day at work or something. Um, and she just gets home and she gives me a card and it says, you know, you're going to be a dad. Uh, it, it was a mix of shock and panic yeah. at the same time. Um, because mm-hmm. Amy's right. It does rob you from stuff. Yeah. And me being a man and a provider yeah. and, um, you know, that role in our marriage, um, it also turned on the protector side of me. Yeah. Like uh, what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, you know, how, how, okay. So how can I help this, this time to go different or how can I help, you know, yeah. um, this, this situation, the outcome be different. Uh, but the honest answer is that you can't, um, yeah. <clears throat> That's good. I, 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 it was another helpless feeling. And, mm. and um, I really just tried to kind of be there for her and, and also um, express my feelings and, yeah. and how I felt yeah. during that time. Because she, she was a little upset of how I reacted or... <laughs> Or rather, I wanted him to be at least a little excited. Yeah, or rather, how I didn't react. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so yeah. let me ask you this: I'm, We're going to get to some real practical, and you might hate me after I ask you to do this. <laughs> um, so let's help some men out. Yeah. Okay. In that moment, if you were to, as you look back, what are the feeling words that you would attach <laughs> to that moment? Because I think. A lot of men, they have the feelings and they come rushing in those moments like that. Like literally there was probably quite a few things that were happening in that moment for you. And your reaction is out of where you are, not just where you guys are together. So if you were to put some feeling words to that, what would they be? Yeah, I mean, hopeless is a a big one. And you used helpless too. And helpless, yeah. Yeah. Like... Um, there's nothing that I can do mm. to secure this outcome that mm. we both want. That's good. Um, there is not a person or object or thing that I can uh, physically attack or mm. defend <laughs> or, you know, if someone c- tries to run up and, and grab Amy's purse. Yeah. They're leaving. They're leaving in an ambulance. (laughs) Yes, Um, but you can't do that with with this situation. It's just, uh, you know, a lot of of prayer and and even then you're still gonna have these feelings. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I think too. You know, it's important. I love that you're asking him questions (laughs) because I think it's important to realize that. And as we get to the Layla part of our story. Yeah. Um, 
our journeys and our feelings are different, but we're still united in That's it. That's right. And I think there's a lot of focus on the woman yep. in it because a lot of it, I mean, I feel as a woman kind of helpless also. Yeah. Because, I mean, you take your vitamins, you right. don't drink, you, you don't things. smoke, which I'm yeah. like, do people smoke cigarettes anymore? If you do, <laughs> no judgment, but I don't see that much anymore. <laughs> Um, like, you know, the things to not yeah. do. And so, yeah. but then even then you really yeah. like God is the author and the finisher of life. And yeah. it's such a hard thing to come to that realization yeah. that like he creates life yeah. and he knows and he yeah. knits the babies together in yeah. your womb. And so it's like one of those things where you're like, I can do all that I can, yeah. but at the end, like you're really, yeah. even as the mom, like we're yeah. both feeling the same feelings, Yeah, but it's different, you know, yeah. like, but it, they're both so valid and so important. Yeah, and the dad's journey is yeah. just as important as the yeah. mom's. It a hundred percent is. Yeah. It's important. So. And I think one reason why I lean into that a little bit more, and Dustin, we've talked about this a little bit about, you know, how Jason's been in our story. And I think for me, like, I'm, I feel so blessed, you know, like you're saying with Dustin, like he shows up when it's the hard times, yeah. but Jason, he'll be the first to tell you that like 99.9% of the time he doesn't know how to show up. Right. Yeah. He's just doing the best he can. Yeah. Knowing that it is me, like Dustin said earlier, like it's, it's our bodies, Amy, that are experiencing all the physical things. Yeah. But what I think people often minimize is that this is not just physical. No. This is very mental. It's very mm-hmm. emotional. It's very um, f- physical in the sense of it affects us both and how we interact physically together. Yeah. Um, it affects our sexuality. It yeah. affects our um, masculinity, our femininity. Like it's so many things. And, yeah. you know, I definitely have a heart for men and for women to learn how to navigate their men. Yeah. Right? Like we can't just. Like in that moment, you had an expectation of right. what, how you wanted Dustin to respond, yeah. which isn't bad, but what happens is we don't leave room and space between our expectation and what they need. Yeah. yeah. And there's a space that needs to happen there where there's a buffer, right. where we take a minute to pause. Oh, okay. My, and this is not easy. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm the worst at this, <laughs> but I know that it needs to happen and I know it's possible. Mm. Um, and that is... That buffer needs to happen so that there's space for their expectations. Yeah. Right? Like, we have to both show up knowing that we have our own expectations. And I just have such a heart for couples to learn how to navigate this together. Yeah. Because it fully affects and it fully um, requires both people to show up. Right. You know? That's important. And yeah. it's a choice. <laughs> it is. You can easily check out. It is. But something yeah. that you just said, too, Amy, um, was you in that moment, you felt like you needed people to experience joy for you. Yeah. So, you know, that's a pretty real statement right there. And I think that it's one that we often probably don't want to admit. Like we don't know how to feel ourselves. Yeah. And, but here's the beauty of it. You guys have community and people that help navigate you in that. And I, I just get so saddened, um, and concerned for couples who isolate yeah. When they're walking through this journey of trying to conceive. Yeah. Um, because what happens is we don't know how to do it. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so we need each other. And so there's two parts to what I love about what you're saying in that. One is that it's just real and it's something that we don't want to admit, but it's true. Like sometimes right. we just don't know how to show up with our own feelings or know how to have joy when something 
is supposed to be joyful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but then the second part to that is simply just knowing how to have community around you in that yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And we'll come back to that a little bit because I yeah. know that comes into play on another level for you. Oh, another level. Um, but keep navigating that conversation and kind of where did this lead you um, after this kind of moment in time of finding out, okay, we're pregnant again. Yeah. Well, and something that you said is so important. We, you know, we're from Louisiana. So culturally, like if you know anybody in Louisiana, we call them the Louisiana mafia. Like relationships <laughs> are long standing yeah. and deep and yeah. you might not talk every day. Yeah. Like he's had the same best friend since y'all were five yeah. and their dads are best friends. Yeah. And like, they don't, they live in, you know, him and his wife live in California. Yeah. Like, you know, my best friend, I, I have a best friend from seventh grade. Yeah. Like she shows up in the story too. Like yeah. we, we keep friendships and we show up for people. Yeah. And I think, um, that's one thing that I knew I needed. I didn't necessarily want. And yeah. I think that's important that's that good. when you walk in it, like I yeah. knew I needed my tribe but I didn't know if I wanted it. Like yeah. even now, like thinking about my next pregnancy, I'm like, part of me selfishly wants to keep it to myself mm. to protect it. Yeah. But then there's another part of me that knows in walking through what we did with Layla that like there's such a value of mm. having people to shoulder burdens yeah. and carry you through seasons. And yeah. I don't know where I would be without our people in yeah. all of our trials, even yeah. with Dustin's stuff, yeah. you know, we had people show up. I, I don't think we deserve the people in our life. Yeah. I don't think we're that great. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know why everybody showed up. They did. Um, I think part of, part of it is just that we do open it. Like I'm an open book. Like if you meet me once, you probably walk away thinking we're best friends. Like no joke. Not that happened a couple times, but, but I just, I mean, I lay it all out and I'm open. And so it yeah. felt abnormal for me to walk through this and yeah. keep it to myself. And yeah. so, um, you know, there's a time and a season for everything. The first miscarriage, I think God still used it in such a yeah. good way. But this, this journey, I knew I needed every, I needed to lean into their faith. Mm. I needed to lean into their joy. And so I even remember telling my team at work and I remember just being really honest with Mm. them about where I was at. Like I'm pregnant Yeah. and I don't know how I feel about it yet, but I want y'all to be excited or feel however you want to feel. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I want you to to feel feel something. Just feel (laughs) like I'm kind of numb, but like you feel things. And I, I remember there's a, there's a man on our team. He's a pastor. He's been a pastor for years and he's the most, precious man he's got a really strong legacy mm. and you know I have we've mentioned I've got you know a little bit of daddy issues he's not around and like in the journey of Layla mm. the thing that was healed so my first miscarriage I think my marriage was healed yeah. in certain ways my second I think some father wounds were healed mm. wow. um and he got so excited he started telling people mm. to the point where I had to run down the hall and start telling people that needed to hear from my mouth and not his <laughs> but it was such a like a proud papa I even told him I was like don't post on social media yeah. like no one knows and his daughter walks in and he's like Amy's got something she's carrying another baby and it was just such a sweet like he would make comments and stuff and it was such a sweet to be doted over in that way it was a healing thing like his daughter was like that's how he acted with us you know and it was like I needed that you know and so we we as much as we could I ended up summoning joy and I remember the whole time I was pregnant with Layla I remember just, you know, because I work at a a pretty large church, and so I'm front-facing to some people that I, you know, I mean, our campus alone, there's thousands of people that go there, so they see me every day, like, you know, and 
I remember everybody that noticed I was pregnant took a second because I'm 5'11". Uh, so it took a second for people to be able to tell. And once they could, like, I just remember every time someone would be like, oh my gosh, congratulations. I'd be like, it's a miracle. Like, mm. I couldn't help. I was like brimming with, like, I needed them to know that Layla was a miracle. Yeah. Like, I needed them to know that there was a struggle behind this yeah. excitement and this joy. Yeah. I needed them to know that God did it. Yeah. And so, like, there was just this, this sweetness of walking through it. Um. And, and it got to a point where, you know, we, we knew that like, this was the Lord. And I don't know if you want to talk about like 20 weeks in some things happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 20 weeks in, we had gone through a, uh, I, I remember like, um, the point that things kind of shifted in my, I was able to relax a little mm. bit. Was, it's a good word there, you. Yeah, yeah. Was uh, 13 weeks? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, we went and got the first ultrasound. Mm. Um, and I was freaking out that entire day. And I was sitting there and I was just praying. I was saying, please, let mm. me hear a heartbeat. Let me mm. hear, yeah. hear a heartbeat. Yeah. Let me hear a heartbeat. And then I heard it. Mm. And it felt like weights were just dropped off of me mm. um and i could breathe a little bit and i said okay we've we've gotten this far what's the next you know yeah. what's the next benchmark or whatever yeah um <clears throat> so everything was was going great with that um and then i think we even told some other family members or something like that i don't know maybe your mom announced it on facebook yeah probably <laughs> Um, Love you. You're listening. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, around the 20-week mark, um, they did some ultrasound, I think. Um, it's the big anatomy scan. So they yeah. go in and they measure everything. They make sure your baby's good yeah. and yeah. all of the things. Yeah, and so in that scan, they couldn't find uh, one, one of her kidneys. kidneys. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we kind of freaked out, but yeah. they said like that's not a big deal. People are yeah. born without kidneys all the time, and it might just be the machine or, mm. or whatever. So, um, <clears throat> I think that was it for that, right? And then yeah, well, we got referred. So from that, because they couldn't find her kidney, her kidney. They referred us to a high-risk doctor, so that started our high-risk journey. Yeah. Um, where they have just better ultrasound machines and all yeah. the things. And and the whole time, you know, I'm hanging on to the word that the Lord gave me that she's a beautiful promise. Mm. And so I'm like, God said that I was going to have kids, like, mm-hmm. from, you know, my birth story and, like, yeah. from my parents. And, you know, we prayed for her. We mm. have so many intercessors praying. Yeah. And so... I'm like this, she's a miracle, and so yeah. some of the complications that they couldn't find in our ultrasound, there was mention of um, possible Down syndrome or things like that, yeah. and so all of those things are very scary. Yeah, scary words, scary words, and triggering. Yeah, and I trauma. think I yeah. might have been by myself when I first heard them because in the midst of my first trimester of this traumatic thing, I will note he was gone for an entire month, traveling across the world. Um, great timing. He was living yeah. his best life. I was sick at home. <laughs> Um, so well, we won't talk I, about that. I think his Another boss, podcast. I know, like, I think his boss apologized personally to me. Yeah. Um, but it was great. So I, I just remember just keeping going back into those promises. So we really weren't living in fear. As we progressed in the pregnancy, we realized she had a, a thing called duodenal artresia, which they call double bubble, which is just an obstruction in her mm. intestines. And so 
babies when they're in in utero they are practicing breathing and eating by swallowing your amniotic fluid so mm. because she had an obstruction she wasn't doing that so mm. i was starting to accumulate um amniotic fluid yeah. so that could be complications so there are all these things that could be could yeah. be would be and i remember him being so frustrated because it's like they don't know yeah. until she's born they right. don't know they they're just guessing again you're it's feeling an, helpless and hopeless yeah. and you have no person to just beat up yes yeah. which he would have loved <laughs> yeah, to be able to beat, to beat something, something up, up. <laughs> um and so i remember i talked to a friend who's had who had a, a baby born with complications and we're planning like i'm having to switch from a normal birth to what will this look like her going into the NICU when she's born. Yeah. So that's where our mindset went. But everything that they were saying she had, like they measured her face. They were like, we think very, yeah. we don't think she has Down syndrome. We can't see yeah. anything else wrong with her. She's yeah. growing, all yeah. these things. We just need to watch it. Yeah. Um. So in our head, it was a very minor surgery. She would, we, we had to switch doctors and hospitals and all the things, but then she would be born, go to surgery, and then we would be able to take her home within yeah. the first couple of weeks. And yeah. so... We're having to deal with that kind of trauma, and we mm-hmm. we kept that very close to us. We didn't yeah. share that with a lot of people. We shared it with people who were praying, yeah, um, because we want we really believe that she is a miracle, yeah. and so we wanted to yeah. press into that. And being around so many people, that I I do feel that sometimes it is nece- it's necessary to have your tribe. It's also necessary to protect your story before that. you get your breakthrough or your healing That's or anything. Right. That's right. Because I didn't want anyone speaking, and I yeah. I did have a scenario where somebody had a dream and spoke something over me, and mm. I was like, oh my gosh, no, like, yeah. no, I do not accept that. And yeah. so just keeping keeping positive and yeah. people that just are pressing in that yeah, was really good. important. And so. Really, like, un- it was uneventful other than that, other than just mm. the mis- misery of your third trimester. Yeah. You know, all- anybody who's had a baby knows, like, yeah. it just gets real miserable at the end. And I'm like, I remember just looking around, like, you people do these things this multiple times. <laughs> I'm like, why do you choose this? Like, what is wrong with Why you? did we do all the things to I know, this I'm like, man, I'm swollen. I've got heartburn. <laughs> I can't, you know, sit. I can't lay. Everything hurts. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, it was Christmas. I worked at our church. We have a thing called Candlelight at Christmas. And so it's like the busiest weekend of the year. Yeah. Everybody comes in from out of town. So I literally saw, I'm not exaggerating, thousands of people. And yeah. I'm eight months pregnant. Yeah. Running around. I finally got sent home um, <laughs> because my, I mean, I was swelling and everything. <laughs> and I hadn't told the person that makes that call that I was a high-risk pregnancy because, again, I got it. I always got it, right? Yeah. And so when you... We'll, we'll talk about that yeah, in another yeah, podcast, yeah. too. And so, uh, you know, go home, like, yeah. rest my feet, everything, yeah. nothing, you know, she... I remember her moving around a lot that day. Mm. Um, and the next day, I woke up, and we went to breakfast with his sister and mm. our niece and nephew, and the day went on normal, you know, I'm just tired yeah. from the day before. And, um, I like, I didn't always feel Layla. Like mm-hmm. I, uh, there was one ultrasound I was in, maybe I have a high pain tolerance. I don't know. Uh, I was in an ultrasound and she did a whole flip mm-hmm. and I, I had told the, it took a while. She, she's my first baby. So yeah. you feel it yeah. like later. Um, but he was like, have you felt her? And I was like, no. And he's like, I could see the alarm in his face. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And uh, he put it over her, and he was like, oh, she's there. She's good. Oh, you felt that, though. And I was like, no. He's like, she just did an entire flip. And mm. I was like, I don't feel it. Yeah. So there were times where I wouldn't feel her or whatever. And um, 
So that Monday, we were just going along, business as usual, we eat dinner, and I, I noticed I haven't felt her in a while, so I started doing all of the things, like mm-hmm. I ate sugar, I laid on the side, that usually wakes her up, mm. uh, I think I, I ate some ice cubes, I did all the things, Yeah. Um, and I, I was still for a while, and I was like, okay, we need to call, we need to mm. call the doctor, and um, it was right after dinner, so I looked at him, I was like, I think I need to go to the hospital, and I mm. think you were kind of like, Ugh. Like, just like kind of eye roll, you're like fine, you're babe. being dramatic, you yeah. know. And, um, and I was like, no. And so I called and I was like, I haven't felt her today. And the doctor's like, you need to come down to the labor and delivery at yeah. the hospital. And so, um, we were driving down there and I've had two times when I've experienced what I did in the car. I, my best friend died when, when she was 23 and I remember she was in ICU, she was in a coma. She got hit by a drunk driver and in the interim of her being in a coma, I remember driving to the hospital Mm. and I remember I couldn't picture her in the future. I couldn't Mm. picture her having kids. I couldn't picture her Mm. seeing my kids. I couldn't picture her getting married. I just had this like feeling like I couldn't see the future. And I, and I remember that being, I just remember that being so vivid, that feeling Mm. so strong. And so when I did get to the ICU, I just remember the feeling that she wasn't there. Mm. And when we were driving to the hospital, I had that same feeling mm. about Layla. Mm. Then she didn't have same. a name. And mm. so I just remember just being like, God, let this not be. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I was trying not to let my head go there, but I was yeah. already having these feelings. Yeah. So we get to the crazy maze of a hospital, and again, he's still thinking I'm ridiculous, I think, at this point. <laughs> they put the Doppler on, they can't find her heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And, like, it takes a second or whatever. Yeah. I, I knew instantly. So I'm yeah. sitting on the bed, and, you know, he's in his own journey, his yeah. own bubble of whatever. And I just remember being like, okay... And I, it should be noted, I do really well in crisis. Like, I am the girl you want when, you know what, hits the fan. Like, I am your girl. I go into hyper mode yeah. and, like, fix it. And so I instantly looked at Dustin. I was like, I need you to text both of our moms. I need you to text these three people. Like, I was like, I need them to pray now. Tell yeah. them there's, there's no heartbeat. They need to pray right now. Yeah. He's like, okay. And so he's texting, and they're texting, and they're texting. And, they're you yeah. know, the world is finding out. Yeah. Praying and... um they brought the sonogram over and I remember her just saying, I'm so sorry. Mm. And she asked if I wanted to see her and I mm. didn't, I yeah. just because I don't know why I just didn't. Yeah. Um, she was like, well, I think it just happened recently. Like they, you know, they say mm. weird things to yeah. make you feel calm and yeah. she looks like she's praying. She looks so mm. peaceful. And I just remember being like, I think I said some curse words in my head. Yeah. Cause I was like, I don't I'm care sure. if she yeah. looks peaceful. Like if yeah. she's, she's dead like of course she's peaceful yeah um and then I instantly went into oh my gosh I am 33 weeks pregnant and I have to give birth Mm. and um so that's where my head went instantly and I couldn't really like understand like time stood stood still like yeah I just told somebody the day before like don't talk to me about childbirth I got a couple Mm. weeks (laughs) yeah like I just was not ready for it and we didn't have bags packed like I had just eaten dinner like I was you know it was just it was horrific yeah it was horrible so D you're standing there she's processing she knows what's happening for you yeah so um I mean even when she said like hey I think we need to go and and like we had to go to downtown Fort Worth because it was the 23rd of December okay yeah um so no doctors and, and all yeah. that stuff. Um, 
But we get down there, and I'm sitting. Amy's laying in the bed. I'm kind of sitting uh, beside her, kind of facing the wall. Um, and uh, the doctor comes in, and they she says like she can't uh, hear a heartbeat. And um, there's times in in movies where um, you know, if it's a war movie or something like that, when a explosion or a bomb goes off, yeah, and the main character is um, is there, but you hear a loud, high pitched ringing noise, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and you can't really hear anything else. Yeah, uh, when the doctor said that, that happened to me, mm. and I remember just sitting there and then even kind of like shaking my head a little bit mm. and trying to um, move around, move mm. a little bit because I said, Dustin, this is a bad dream. You need mm. to wake up. Mm. Um, and then I didn't. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so again, another situation where, where a, you just feel, uh, helpless yeah. and there's nothing I can do yeah. and there's nothing I can um, protect her against yeah. or you know uh, or yourself yeah and, yeah and you know you're you don't know what the hell is going on yeah. or what's what's going to be next yeah um, so I uh, we sat there for a minute and um Amy was texting a few people, texting a few people, or, or she called someone, um, and I was collected around Amy, mm-hmm. um, but I got up for a second, and um, we were in a hospital room, yeah. um, so I walked into the bathroom, and I kind of like squatted down a little bit, and mm-hmm. um, I've... I'm not proud of this, but I've, I've been in a few fights and stuff before, you know, yeah. back in high school or whatever, just stupid boy stuff. Yeah. Um, but the rage that I felt inside of me, mm. um, I think that it, it, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. Wow. Um, and like seeing red and how people mm. say that, like that's, that wasn't even touching a tip yeah. of the iceberg. Yeah. Um, and I had to do something to release it or, or yeah. you know, something. And so I punched the uh, tile floor that's in the bathroom. Um, and so... Maybe could have picked a different thing to punch. Yeah. Well, I knew, yeah. I knew if I would have hit a wall, there would yeah, be right. a there huge hole. Huge and hole. then I, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I come out and um, kind of compose myself a little bit. And uh, my hand is... dripping with blood and I didn't even realize it um but it it's just yeah I mean it's it's not like Amy was saying like we knew that there was going to possibly maybe potentially be some sort of issues yeah after she was born um that we would have to take care of when yeah navigate yeah yeah um but this situation was never yeah on the table yeah. Um, no one had ever talked about it. And yeah. like, um, even me just being a guy, like it's, it never crossed my mind in the whole yeah. eight and a half months that she was pregnant. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 
just because of my experiences and like what we had gone through yeah. two years before like I knew that at, if it got to a certain point or you know we could hear a heartbeat or see something on a yeah. on a sonogram like everything was okay yeah um and I it whatever would have been wrong with her when she would have been born like yeah I would have loved her and right. given her right. everything that I could right um so yeah, so it's just it was it was a whirlwind of like um I don't know what to do. I don't know how to react. Um but I'm not okay. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, it's surreal. And like you said, no one talks about that. Like there's this false sense of security after you hit 12 weeks. Yeah. That you're like, okay, I hit the 12 weeks. I'm out of my first trimester baby's going to be safe or I'm in my final stretch. Like babies don't and shouldn't die. And so up until that point, I really didn't know anyone who had gone through it. Yeah. You know, which is actually a lie. I actually did know people that had gone through it. I had an aunt that lost a baby um, and his grandmother lost a baby, but no one talks about it. And so no one talks about their dead babies. And, you know, culturally back in the day, you didn't, you just kind of went on with your life. And so for us, you know, how do you, how do you process it? And then, and then too, you know, I didn't realize at the time, um, so they start testing me. We start talking about birth plans and like, you know, moving to the other hospitals so my doctor could do it and all yeah. these things. And, you know, it's a whirlwind of information trying to get somebody to come stay with me and like yeah. navigating. It. I mean, it was chaos. And then they came in and they were like, we legally cannot let you leave the hospital. Oh. And I was like, okay, but why? Yeah. And they were like your blood pressure Mm. is so high that you're high risk for stroke or seizure. And like, if you leave, you could die. And so Mm. we can't legally advise you to leave, to go. And so it was like this weird, like we were planning one thing and then it was like, what I could die? Like what? I'm fine. Like I feel fine. Yeah. And, um, I think for me, because my, as a mom, I'm focused on my baby. Like I only thought about the birth, but I realized after (laughs) much after that everyone, including Dustin, was dealing with the trauma of yeah. my blood pressure because mm-hmm. my machine would go off every couple minutes. Yeah. I mean, even my close friends that stayed with us the whole time, they were like, I'm still traumatized. Like, yeah. if I'm like, make a joke that something feels funny, they're like, do you need to check your blood yeah. pressure? Like, yeah. it's like- They're still, all triggered. <laughs> I know, it's like such a trigger now. And so it was surreal. So I ended up having to not just navigate the loss of my daughter, fight for my life without knowing that I was doing that and, yeah. and, you know, be in a bed. I was in the hospital for a week Yeah. and, um, you know, and it's Christmas. So we yeah. like completely like what was Christmas in yeah. 2019? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, you it know, wasn't. yeah, like it didn't exist. Yeah. I, I, we robbed a lot of people of Christmas that mm-hmm. year. Um, but you know, like even in the middle of that, I will say like there was, it was incredibly painful, incredibly yeah. hard and yeah. no one prepares you for losing a kid. Like, I think, you know, miscarriages, I think that's something too to point out. Like every life is valuable and we all have babies in heaven, but comparing the miscarriage to a stillborn, like what I experienced with Layla and what I experienced with my miscarriage are very different. Very different. I had, I gave birth and held my child. Um, versus the other, the other scenario that baby exists too, but this is so yeah, different. And that's, so that's really, it's important too. It so important. if you're walking with someone yeah. like alongside somebody that's going through this, yeah. please don't with anything, don't yeah. try to compare pain. Yeah. Don't try to 
relate in that way and yeah. say, I know what you're feeling because yeah. I did this because you don't. Yeah. I don't even do that with other stillborn yeah. moms because their yeah. situations are so yeah. different. Yeah. And I think so, that's really important because, and it's something that I think we talk about, but we actually undervalue. Right. Yeah. And that is that really, again, it goes back to what we said earlier of not being comfortable sitting in someone else's pain. Yeah. We think we have to make it okay by sharing our pain. Yeah. You know, and I'll never forget when Dustin texted me what was going on. Um, Cause at the time we were working together and I, I was like, okay, how do I respond to this right now? Because I personally know that I can't say anything to make it better. Right. Like, I know that. I know nothing I'm about to text back is going to mean shit to you guys. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Appreciated maybe, but it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't carry the weight that matches the pain in what you're walking through. Yeah. And so I remember um, just saying, like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to say to you right now. Yeah. You know? And I know that you know that I've felt pain, but yeah. I haven't felt your pain. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm always so cautious of letting someone know, like, I know pain. I want to be there for you in your pain, but I don't know exactly what to do. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's better to say that and, and then know, like, I might fumble yeah. Right? Like, I'm yeah. sure I fumbled with you guys. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. know. You know what I mean? Like, I when you're yeah. going through it, like, I just know that it's better to say, like, hey, I don't know what to do right now. So that you know, when I do fumble, like, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. But it's okay for you. It's okay for me. And I think it's just important that we value the fact that it would be better to not say, let me, let me clarify this after I say it. It'd be better to say nothing. And to just sit in the weight of your pain than to try to come up with something to say that matches the weight of your pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. I think that's something, you know, I feel like the Lord's taught me so much through this. Yeah. I I do feel just the weight of it. But that is something so important that we as a society don't do well. That's exactly right. And, you know, uh, in the Jewish culture, there's a thing called Shiva, like sitting Shiva. And they sit for, I think it's two weeks. They sit in a house with the morning people and like, they don't, there's no mirrors. They don't bathe. They don't shower. They follow the person whose mornings lead of what they need or if they eat or if they don't eat, if they want to eat, you know. And I think culturally we've lost the ability to grieve with others and mourn with others who mourn and all of those things. And so, you know, it was interesting watching everyone's response to this impossible thing that has happened. Um, it was interesting because some people like pulled away because Mm -hmm. it triggered their own pain. It triggered, it was so hard for them because it triggered their own things that they knew that they couldn't be present without losing it and making it about them. Yeah. Which I would say if you're walking with someone through hard things, like if it's going to be about you and you you don't have your pain, it's okay if you don't show up. Yeah. Like that's okay. Opt out because that is not helpful and we want you to be healthy. That's right. Um, And then we had other people who like panic poly, like came Mm. in and wanted to like, you know, like fix everything and like, let me get you a snack. Let me get you, you know, you know. And so, which, you know, that has its own place. And then we had other people who just were like, I just want to be there. Like, I just want to be in the hospital. Like, I just like. 
there are people waiting in the waiting room that yeah. never even came to say hi because yeah. they didn't know what to do. Yeah. And, you know, we had other friends that wouldn't leave, like yeah. would just stay in my, yeah. in my hospital room and just stayed. Yeah. You know, we have a great, you know, a lot, of, I have a lot like just women in general yeah. have like a lot of like people and yeah. you know, whatever. And so there were a lot of people checking on me and I'm mom. So everybody's yeah. checking on me. And I, another thing I think is so sweet is that the Lord highlighted Dustin to certain people. That's great. And like, we have a great friend, um, his name's Matthew. And I remember I work with him and yeah. they like, they know each other. Like yeah. they're both the kind of same kind of person. It was his birthday. Like wow. Christmas, he left his wife and kids wow. showed up just to take care of him. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't there for me. Yeah. He was there for Dustin. Yeah. And he was texting all of Dustin's That's best incredible. friends that couldn't be there all yeah. over the country. Like what would Dustin need? What, yeah. what can I get him? What is yeah. he like? That's amazing. And I had another lady, the lady that was with us in Egypt, mm-hmm. like her burden and who she interceded for was Dustin the mm-hmm. whole time. Cause she knew our story yeah. and she knew like she prayed against shame over Dustin yeah. and That's over good. all of this stuff. And so in hindsight, I was like, it's such a sweet thing that's, God sent people for both of us. Um, And it looked different for everybody. Some people dropped off meals and said hi and left. And some people stayed and like played games with us. And, you know, like everybody did their part to be able to be present for us. And um, it was a crazy time. I mean, I was in the labor and delivery floor, like I said, for almost a week. I was there Monday through Thursday. I finally Mm -hmm. gave birth to Layla via C-section on Thursday. Mm -hmm. And it's Christmas. So everybody's like leaving their families to come and just sit with us. And I remember the sweetest thing happened. There was a couple that their pastors at our church. And because it was Christmas, their daughter was in from out of town. Um, She lives in another state. And she lost a little girl at 33 weeks. Mm. And I had forgotten. Like, I remember somebody texted me and they're like, so-and-so wants to come see you. And I was like, I mean, I haven't showered. Like, it was the day. I think it was the day that I was giving birth to Layla. Wow. And I was like, why? Why do they want to come? Yeah, like, you know, like, whatever. No. Like, oh, I don't know. Like, and he's yeah. like the boss boss, you yeah. know? And I was like, I, I look terrible. Um, <laughs> and they walked in. And at that point, it was just really our, our family and a few close friends. And the way that that mom and her bravery, mm-hmm. of, I think she was, I think it happened three years ago with her little girl or something mm-hmm. like that. And she's been hurting, you know, grieving yeah. her daughter. But yeah. for her to step into her pain yeah. and give my family hope wow. and minister to all of us. Yeah. And, and the, the words she spoke have resonated wow. and sat with me. I don't know how I would have made it without her. Yeah. Um, and, That's incredible. And even as them as parents, the pastors that came, like, they were able to, like, speak life and just be like, what do you need? Yeah. This is things that we think you should need. Yeah. Like, you know, and, yeah. um, and kind of like, we're like, this is what you're going to get. I'm buying you a meal, you know, like all the things. And so it was such a sweet moment of time to know, like, I'm not alone. Yeah. I think it's important to know, like, you're That's not the first journey. person to walk through this. Yeah. And yeah. At, up until that point, I really believed I'm like, yeah. babies don't die. None yeah. of my friend's babies die. Yeah. So why did my baby die? And now yeah. I'm all alone. No one knows. Yeah. And to have someone who had, had that same feeling wow. three years down the road to yeah. know, like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to yeah. survive. Yeah. And, you know, and she, she said, she was like, heaven has never been as close as it is now. Yeah. Like, you know, and not many people can say that they have yeah. a child in heaven. And, yeah. and I mean, a lot of people have miscarriages and things, yeah. things like that. But, but like, knowing and, and seeing and knowing that she's up there, yeah. like, it feels like the Lord is so accessible yeah. to us. And yeah. that was something that she shared. And. You know, wow. there's weird things about when you lose your baby. Like, I mean, there's things no one talks about. Like, 
they were like, <laughs> they were like, okay, so you can keep her as long as you want. Like they mm. talk you through all these things. Like, like conversations you're completely unprepared to Right. Yeah. Like, do yeah. you want a barrier? Do you want a cremator? Yeah. Like, do you yeah. want to have a service? Yeah. Do you want to have like, you know, all these things. Do you, what about your breast milk? Like, yeah. do you want to donate? Do you want to yeah. pump? And you're having all these com- like things wow. that you have to make decisions on and you're signing a death thing and yeah. like. I mean, do you want an autopsy? Do you want yeah. a genetic test? Like all these things that are so overwhelming in the yeah. moment. And so I can't even like, imagine. I just having someone having walked, like having so many people around me because I had so many people invested in our story that yeah. were experts in their field yeah. was so important for us. Cause no yeah. one knows how to plan a child's funeral. No, yeah. no one knows like, I don't know. Do I want her cremated? Yeah. I don't, that's never been a conversation. Like, I don't even, does he want to be cremated? You right. know, like, I don't right. even know. Right. You're like, we haven't even had that I know, like, I, I don't, I don't know, you know. Yeah. And so it was just so sweet to have that moment. And, wow. you know, I, I see God's goodness and all of it. And just like the timing of it, like she was in town. Like, I don't know yeah. her, you know, and like yeah. now, now I do, you know, yeah. and she was there for me when my milk came in. She was mm-hmm. there for me, you know, whenever I went back, you know, yeah. my first I have so many hard things. My first service back, my first day back or week back at work. Mm. Cause like I said, I'm a pastor. So we have staff chapel once a month. The staff chapel was on my birthday or right after my birthday, mm. the week after my birthday. I'm not sure. It might've been on my birthday. The staff chapel was about death. Wow. It was like my second day back in the office. You're like, no, not prepared. Uh-huh. And, um, I just remember, and I, I carry, and this is probably weird to some people, but we, you know, we chose to cremate our daughter, yeah. and we both, um, one of our friends bought us necklaces, so we carry a little mm-hmm. bit of our ashes with us. Yeah. Um, and I just remember just, like, holding on so yeah. much to my necklace, yeah. like, I can do this. Like, yeah. I want to make Layla proud. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's another thing. Um, Layla exists, and she is my daughter, and we're parents. And yeah. so even though she's that's not with it. us, like you would never tell a mom whose 15-year-old son is killed in a car accident yeah. that she's not a mom. That's right. You yeah. would never tell that's her right. that. And so, you know, for us, like we're parents. That's and right. so when people ask about family or like, yeah. who are you? We're like, yeah. we're Amy and Dustin. We've got a little girl. Yeah. Her name's yeah. Layla. You know, and so yeah. – um, so anybody going through this, like, yeah. I think that's important is that you're a parent and it matters. That's right. Your child matters. Right. Your child yeah. still exists. Like, yeah. you carry them with you. Yeah. Um, I think that's really key of, let's go there for a minute. You know, you you are saying we're parents, right? Yeah. The things that you had to navigate that you're describing in that moment, you had to make decisions for your child. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, in a way that you never imagined you would be making decisions for her. Right. But you are in full parent mode. Right. Full parent mode. And I think that's something that, I mean, I can't personally imagine having to step in to be a parent in that moment knowing that you actually don't get to have days with her past that. Yeah. But what is key that you just said and extremely beautiful and I hope I hope that people will create space in their own story for their child. Yeah. Because what you guys have done so beautifully is you had to be a parent and go into full parent mode, knowing that you wouldn't get to hold her right. But now you get to walk knowing that you're Layla's parents. Mm -hmm. You're still Layla's 
parents, right? You're still, you know, choosing to make choices that affect your legacy, which, if, right? Yeah. Like your yeah. legacy isn't ended here. You're still making decisions as parents yeah. for your legacy. Yeah. And I just hope that people will not just go about their life. Not that I, I don't know how you could, but the reality is sometimes we push past our own pain mm -hmm. because we don't know what to do with it. Yeah. But then we also push past our own story sometimes. And I think there's pages that you guys would have missed out in your own story if you wouldn't have taken the approach that you have. Yeah. And that is that you are walking as her parents today yeah. and this season and you carry her with you in your hearts, you carry mm -hmm. her with you emotionally, yeah. you carry her with you physically, tangibly, yeah. in ways that, no, that's not how you wanted to do it, right. but you've allowed there to be space for her in your life in the present. Yeah. yeah, Not just in the past and not just in the future when you meet in heaven, Yeah, but you are presently being her parents. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for joining us today. I don't know about you, but I'm incredibly grateful that Dustin and Amy have so graciously invited us into their story. I've also learned today that I do not have to be tethered to my grief or my pain, but there's always hope ahead in our stories. I hope you are reminded of that also as you joined us for part two. I look forward to continuing the conversation with Dustin and Amy in part three, and I hope that you'll join us. Mm -hmm.